Welcome to another episode of The Key Lies Within. Yay! Here I share the inner workings of thoughts and experiences I have or am going through as a form of therapy and a creative outlet for self, as well as discovering those conscious and unconscious happenings in an effort to create awareness. So today I'll be getting into some takeaways I've had from reading a few chapters from Becoming by First Lady Michelle Obama. And so uh, just up to what I've read and um, I quickly picked up the underlining tone of what Becoming meant. And Becoming is a constant daily moment, moment, second, minute, hour journey. You're constantly perfecting on your greater version or your greatest version because you're always finding something to better yourself in a moment. It's not an end goal. It's not an end process. It's not like um, setting a goal to do something and then once that's over, then, you know, boom, next to the, ne- the next goal. While you can make goals, the growth process is constant you're going to always be growing and learning and even if you're not actively trying to learn it's just something that comes with the moment and so some uh a few things that I kind of identify as becoming for me in reading this book is is a shape of character so as you live and as you have your being in this physical world your character is being shaped, even if it's, it could be negative, negatively, positively, or neutral, but your character is constantly being shaped. And, and it's constantly being shaped about, um, around the environment you put yourself in. So it could be your work environment, your home environment, your social environment, all that shapes your character. It's like you unconsciously take pieces of those environment and then it becomes embedded in you. So you may take things that are either catchy or you find funny or you find beneficial or you have a realization of something that you could be doing better. So you you take that on as your own. And so, as I mentioned before, becoming is also a constant action. It's not an end process. And um, becoming is also an awareness of what isn't, what, what isn't and is as far as your norms. So, um, I guess, for instance, uh, say if you are usually... Like you, you know yourself to be polite. So anything out of not being polite and pleasant isn't your norm or anything um, that makes you uncomfortable in a sense of like it feels like you're going against self isn't your norm. So it brings awareness. Of, and then it also brings awareness of what, where you are uh, in certain instance as far as your comfortability so because uncomfortableness can also be a sign of that's the way to go 
because that's what I'm trying to avoid because uncomfortableness can be a sign of avoidance. Like I've been avoiding this, but I know how beneficial this is for me. And but you constantly talk yourself out of it, and then comfortability can be um, the the awareness of your comfortability could be like uh, picking up people, energy, and normal kind of people, uh, like kind of picking up on the energy before you have to. F- you end up forging a relationship with somebody, and then find out that you just wasn't um, um, match energy wise or goal wise or mindset wise and so uh a few things that i kind of dived into that's also that's factors that play into becoming which you you which i hadn't really thought about until i started reading the book and figuring out what becoming was for me and that um that's kind of like my focal journey right now like i'm consciously becoming Kayla it's just it's a constant thing and I'm it's a I'm sorry it's a conscious thing so I'm conscious that in this moment if I do something instead of beating up myself I figure out where I can improve or figure out uh, a place of growth and even when I get frustrated with people and either how they work or how they uh, handle different things I make more of a conscious effort to look within and see why I'm so uncomfortable with how this person moves because it's not a reflection of me, you know? So is uh, becoming is a big thing around looking within, not being, um, not allowing the world around you to upset you or uh, make you... Uh, feel like you're doing less because somebody looks like they're doing more, you know. So one thing about becoming that I'm noticing that's imperative for me is priority. Priority because I'm such a giver in life. I'm such a natural giver because I have like that internal take care of people um I guess mode kind of embedded in me so sometimes I'll agree to go do something even though I already said I was going to stay home and do x y and z for myself or um lend a hand even though it may it may uh put me in like a bond but I always (laughs) I always talk myself into uh, out of that because I'm like well I can I can come back from anything but if you know if I can help somebody it you know I'm I'm good you know I'm always be good so that way there's no stress around it but in in all honesty prioritizing my time is the biggest thing it's like with the time I do have to myself what am I making of it am I just mindlessly just sitting around or where where I could be actively doing things that I enjoy and accomplishing some of these goals because they stacking up they stacking up because I have good ideas and then I write it down and then 
I don't do nothing with them. I'm just like, well, you gotta, you gotta make the ideal a reality, or you, or you have to make the goal a reality. And so, uh, another component is like what your family is known for. So, uh, which, which I have no clue. More so that my paternal family are more known because of like where they grew up and uh my grandfather being a minister so locally you know people know them because of that or even like their social life so that's I don't have like a family is known for kind of aspect as far as like you know some families are musically inclined or they're very artistic there's not one uh, talent or character trait that all of us have that's like was in our DNA, you know. Everybody just have their own thing that they've figured out works for them. And But that's interesting, too, because, you know, a lot of people, a lot of their identity may lie in what their family uh, has set as a standard. Like, they have a bunch of music music families from New Orleans, like the Marcellus. They have peop, uh, uh, Bat, Batiste, uh, they're musicians. And so, you know, that was a form of standard that music was life, you know, for those families. And even people who are attorneys or medical doctors or advocates or advocates for human rights it's like a lot of those people families that was like the foundation of their rearing you know and it's different when you know you rear different from your family because you know like my mom reared me and my brother different than what my aunt would have did or my cousin reared her children now you know it's Everybody have their own parenting style, which goes into, which may probably goes into us being so different people. Like we have similarities, but at the root of it, we're different. And then I'm different from my mom's sister children because there's a cultural difference based on like where I grew up at compared to them growing up in different states, you know, all that stuff. And I didn't think about that. So I guess that's why my family, paternal or maternal, is not known for anything. Because it wasn't like, it wasn't like a, a, a matriarch or a patriarch with this foundation that everybody used. And just kept passing that one foundation or that one key part down. Like, we were all raised to be respectful and not nasty to people, you know. But that all came in different modes. So, and then, so, uh, another thing of becoming for me is not uh, limiting myself to titles. So, I don't have to say, I'm a black woman. I'm a, a daughter I'm a, or even like 
love life. I don't have to say, you are my whatever. Like, I don't, like, understanding that titles come with kind of like a possession. Like, this is who I am, which the title is is just condensing a description. Because even as a daughter, I'm so many things that may not be traditionally defined as a daughter or may be, you know. So it's just, yeah, that makes sense. Because just because you are a daughter does not mean you line up to the characteristics that makes a daughter. Like, blood-wise, you, <laughs> I'm a daughter. But who says that... Um, I am my mom's daughter. I'm saying I am my mom's child. No, I said that wrong. I'm my mom's child, but daughter may not necessarily be the term appropriate for me in express in expressing like the nature of our relationship. <coughs> and then um Michelle Obama actually made a pretty interesting point. That when her and her brother was growing up, her parents didn't intervene in things that, um, like, if, like, uh, Michelle was having, um, like, a tit-for-tat with one of her great-aunts, because her great-aunt was like, you know, you're going ahead in this piano book, you have to stick with this song, don't skip to the other songs, but Michelle was like, I want to try I want to I wanna see what I can do, you know, I want to test myself. And her and the aunt, you know, kind of got, kind of bump heads because of the style uh, and approach to learning these songs. And her, her parents didn't intervene because her parents allowed her, in a respectful way, to express herself and be able to get a point across and not just... Uh, it's like almost they they were raising adults as children, like they didn't they didn't um raise them as children, as far as like you can't do this, you can't do that, or I handle everything. They and then once they got older, it's like they fit the script. They pretty much was like we're raising young adults, and that was the mode. Which I kind of like that mode of parenting, even though I'm not a parent, but. It just seems cool. It's like you intervene when necessary, but you kind of allow the child to figure, to to do some uh, critical thinking and things of that aspect. And then, oh, a big thing that has been, that I have been working on is my word being bond. So whatever I say, whatever I commit to, um, I do it. You know, because a lot of times you can say, I'm going to do this, this and that, or I'll go here, there and there with X, Y and Z person. And then when the time come, you're like, OK, I don't want to do it. And um, or I can't make it for whatever excuse, you know, and. um, <laughs> Yeah. And then even with the gym, if I say I'm going to do two days, I have to do two days because my word has to be what I stand on follow with my actions and so and then another thing is sometimes we carry unseen history so that can play a part into who we becoming so a lot of times um you know people may unlearn different 
parenting styles that they had or um, different ideologies that, you know, as they get older, they kind of realize that there's not an ideology that they agree with and, and things of that nature. And understanding, like, the difference of kind of like a village, how, how a village shape you, because you have multiple adults having an input in how you carry yourself versus if you had just a mother and a father and they were doing, or even just a mother or a father just uh, teaching you, you know, that plays a big part. And, ooh, the people you share your time with, the people you share your time with, uh, you you become them a little bit because you start picking up on things from them unconsciously. And then when you think about it, you're like, whoa, like, I have that similar ideal now that this person shared with me. And it's not always like a following thing. It's just, you know, you you gather, you always gather gathering data from your environment, people or not. So it, that was always interesting when they said you like you have to evaluate like the five closest people to you because those are the five people that take a shaping into your character in those moments or even forever you know and then a sibling dynamic so there's there's different dynamics based on if you if is if you have a if it's two brothers two sisters a sister and a brother or if it's multiple you know because me I grew up with a brother so I gravitated to things that a sister wouldn't have, an older sister wouldn't have exposed me to, like, video games. Well, I'm not saying she wouldn't have, but, you know, the likelihood may have not been the case because growing up, is, it was like I wasn't pushed to do girl things, but I grew up in an era where it was like girls did this, girls didn't do this. And so, you know, I played sports. I played football, basketball due to my brother. I played video games. I played Madden on the PlayStation. The the first PlayStation, the box one, the little, the big bulky one. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so, and then even like defending myself, like I feel I it's not like a sister can't teach me how to physically defend myself but I fought <laughs> I fought like cats and dogs with my brother as a kid so you know you kind of build up that, that form of defense over the years so you know that plays a part in how you become too because you may be more laid back if you have a more laid back brother or sister or you may be opposite of your brother or sister you know, it all depends on is I feel like with older siblings, once the younger ones come they're they're like trying to uh either amplify amplify or amplify that personality, like wanting to be like the older sibling, idolize it, or they do just the opposite and do like a a complete like throw a um just kind of change the whole style, you know. Because I know growing up, I, I wanted to do everything my brother did. But we were still different people. Like, I was super goofy. I was very outgoing as a kid. And my brother was more reserved. 
but it was still things like when he got certain things i was like oh i want it or i want to play with it like i used to play with his legos like i didn't well i guess grant i guess technically they probably was our our legos but he had legos and then even i had we would we play well together we just fought in public i don't know it's so weird like we didn't fight really at home it's like when we got out of home i guess we used to be so bored in the store waiting on my mom we fought but but uh i played with his legos i used to have a dollhouse he had like this car garage we colored the floors we used to use the house, the dollhouse for the house, and then the car garage for like parking cars and like sending the cars down like the um, the the um, driveway or whatever. And even Monopoly. Oh, I don't I don't think most kids played Monopoly the real way. And it's uh look, it's very funny because just now as an adult, I'm realizing the concept of mono- Monopoly, monopolizing property because you bind up this property and once somebody comes on it it's a monopoly like you own everything that goes into kind of like the ideal of there being one i uh one company that make eyewear regardless of what the brand is that's a monopoly because they've dominated that field and i'm like oh that's what monopoly is all about oh it makes sense now but we used to use the money for other play we we have we had we were very creative kids, <laughs> and it could have been more so my brother as the creative person, but uh, leading us leads to say, um, I'm also noticing that becoming doesn't always mean that you have to follow this concrete path. You can, especially in this day and age, you can create whatever path that suits you as a person, occupational wise, creative wise lifestyle wise like you create that there's no longer a one way to do anything anymore because people are branching out and doing it so many different ways like for instance people would well some people still do but some people would go to undergrad graduate if they want to go to professional school they'll go to that professional school right after and then it's like boom 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 it's like the straight the straight shot but I know plenty of people who who are medical doctors that got a master's in between because they needed either a better GPA or some t- or to look more competitive or they couldn't or they or they couldn't get into the school that they wanted to initially so they tried another route you know so um and also um becoming has also been like realizing with the change of environments like what are my roots like i lived in boston for a while and then also now living on the west bank part of new orleans versus in the actual city where i grew up you notice so many differences of how you grew up the people you lived around the the nature of how the businesses roll how to how uh what's in close proximity, what's not, what gets uh, big people attraction, even the hospitality here. Because in Boston, granted, a lot of the people I was around were students. They were from everywhere, but 
you know, as a whole, they don't have hospitality. You know, I don't, I can't walk down the street and make eye contact and speak to a complete stranger in like Boston. But here is, is pretty, it's acceptable pretty much unless, you know, you're not from here or you just, I guess, not in the mood to speak to people, I guess, you know, if you haven't one of those days. So, um, that was some essentials of what I discovered goes into becoming. I hope this podcast finds you well and that it was informative. And then you have found a takeaway in some form to go on and, um, do your own evaluation of what becoming is for you. I thank you for listening and if you want to uh, reach me or get into some form of contact with me, uh, I do have an Instagram page. And the Instagram page has like a link tree, uh, which basically shows all my uh, websites. I have a website and also, um, well, you can find the podcast too, but you already hear some. I'm sure you found the podcast if you listen to this. But my Instagram handle is Woman Manifesto, which is spelled W O O O M A N I F E S T O. W O O O M A N I F E S T O. And you can follow me and send me a DM or, um, I haven't really created an email address for this podcast, so that is my point of reference. Um, Thank you, and bye.